Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 55. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. And in this session, we're going to continue looking at John chapter 8. And you'll recall we left where we left off. Jesus was at the Feast of Tabernacles, and uh, part of that ceremony, the week-long ceremony, was the pouring out of water on the altar. And Jesus then makes the statement, I am, uh, let anyone who thirsts in, come to me and drink. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the living water, the rivers of living water, if you will. So the other thing that was celebrated uh, uh, during this Feast of Tabernacles was a light display, kind of like a 4th of July. And uh, it was kind of the fireworks of the day. There would be four giant menorah candles, each of which were about 75 feet tall. Okay. And they would, uh, the Jews would light three of them. They're supposed to be the light of the world, right? They're supposed to. Um, shed light on the Gentile people of the world and bring them to God as well. Oh, sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't, just like us. But anyway, what's interesting about this is even though there were four 75-foot uh, candles, if you will, that were only three of them were lit. The other one was not lit. Why? Because they were waiting for the Messiah. Okay, so now that will make this next statement that I'm about to make have more sense. So Jesus is probably at that festival of a uh, part of the Feast of Tabernacles, and he sees this light display. And then perhaps right after that, it says verse 12 of John chapter 8, Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am, circle the words, I am, you're going to get tired of circling that. Um, in other words, he's equating himself with God. He is God. The light of the world. I am the light of the world. So circle light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And he goes on with his, uh, his discourses. And um, I will summarize some of, some of them. In essence, he's saying, hey, if you know me, you know the Father. If you know the Father, you know me. And then in verse 28... Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, you will realize that I am. So I want you to underline the first part of verse 28 of chapter 8. Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will realize that I am. Okay, remember we said a theme of, John, of John's gospel is that Jesus is always in control. He's divine, right? He is not a victim. He is not a suffering servant in John. So here Jesus says, when you lift me up, and, uh, you know, ultimately what he's referring to is being put on a cross and crucified. But in John's theology, Jesus is merely being lifted up. Again, the analogy being a sports figure who wins the game in the last second due to some great thing and gets lifted up on the shoulders of all of his teammates because he has is, is, uh, is won the game. 
So um, also, uh, again, I want you to circle I am in that uh, verse 28. Um, as, a, as a review, where do we see the, you know, this I am? Well, it's in Exodus chapter 3, uh, verse 14, I believe it is. And that is where Moses said, hey, God, you want me to tell people about you? What is your name? And God says, I am, you know, I am who, who I am, basically. So every time Jesus says that, he upsets the guys. And, and uh, so uh, then he says, and this is key, in verse 31, Jesus then said to those Jews who believed in him, if you remain in my word, you will truly be my disciples. Okay, first of all, does that sound like uh, what some Protestants believe is once saved, always saved? Did he say, if you just acknowledge me as Lord and your Savior right now verbally, then uh, you will, you know, you will be saved? No. He says, if you remain in my word. So, what does that imply if you don't remain in his word? Well, then, you know, you are not his disciple, and then, you know, there's consequences to, uh, to deal with there. Okay, so we say, all right, great, we want to remain in your word. You say, if you remain in my word, you will truly be my disciples. How can I, what is one way that I can remain in your word? Well, I want you after you've underlined verse 31 in John chapter 8, to turn back to what we already covered, uh, I want you to turn back to John chapter 6, verse 56. And you may recall, if you were following along there, I had you circle a word in John 6, 56, didn't I? And that word... Well, let's read that par that uh, passage, John six fifty six. Whoever whoever eats my flesh, and drinks my blood, what remains in me, and I in him. And I had you circle that line remain in six fifty six. But now, does it make a little more sense to you? One way to remain uh, in uh, in with in Jesus' word is to receive the Blessed Sacrament, receive Eucharist, okay, and recognize what you are receiving. Because when you receive that Eucharist, you are receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, and you are receiving the graces to what? Remain in Jesus' word. Okay, so that's very important. Um, can't stress Eucharist enough in, in our faith because it gives us the strength that we need. And we talked a lot about the Eucharist when we covered it in Matthew, a little bit about it again in John chapter 6, of course, and we will continue to talk about it as we see other Eucharistic references. We'll also cover it in a, a future series that I'm going to do just on apologetics or explaining the various doctrines of the church. But here we're going through the Bible verse by verse by verse. And um, so he's telling the, the crowd, you know, about, uh, hey, you know, if, if you don't come with me, if you don't believe in me, uh, you know, you're going to be attached to your sin and all that. 
And in verse 39, they answered the crowd and said to him, Our father is Abraham. And because Jesus is talking about that, that his father is, is God. And they say, Our father is Abraham. So in essence, the people are saying, Our father is Abraham. We got this whole thing covered here because we're children of Abraham. And I think if Jesus were talking to us today, if he showed up at our Catholic parish, um, and we'd say, hey, we got a church every Sunday. We're, we got our, we received our sacraments of baptism, etc. So we got it covered. Don't bother us, right? And uh, he, as he says elsewhere, hey, you know, big deal. Uh, the fact that you are Abraham's sons, it's great. Then all the more reason why you should recognize who I am here. So kind of uh, shame on you. Um, and he says in verse 51, Jesus says, Amen, I say to you, double amen, 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 I say to you, whoever keeps my word will never see death. So the people are wanting to uh, interpret this literally. And so the Jews said to him, Now we are sure that you are possessed. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, whoever keeps my word will never taste death. So they're thinking about death on, on this earth. And, um, you know, they say to him in verse 53, are you greater than our father Abraham who died or the prophets who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus has kept saying, I am, I am. And uh, verse 56, Jesus says back to them, Abraham, your father rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Okay, and Abraham preceded this event by, you know, more than a thousand years, okay? Um, probably more like uh, 2,000 years. Um, so the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, verse 58, amen, amen, I say to you, double amen, must be important. Before Abraham came to be, there it is again, I am, circle it again, capital I, capital A-M. So he's saying, I was God before there was an Abraham. I preceded Abraham. I've been here with God ever since the beginning of time. And so just as our doctrine says, he's co-eternal with the Father. Jesus is not a created being. So they picked up stones to throw at him. Because the I am, once again, you'll find that in, uh, I may have misquoted myself, you'll find where God gave, you know, said I am in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. I'm not sure if I gave you that, uh, that uh, correctly or not. So anyway, just something to reflect on that, um, you know, Jesus is the light of the world and also that uh, he is who, who he says he is, and he's uh, worthy of following us. Also, you know, the light of the world, um, there was a song, I think it was in the late 70s, early 80s or so. Uh, I, for your homework, I want you to uh, Google it, and you can probably listen to it on YouTube. It's called Light of the World, and the uh, artist who recorded it it's uh, uh, John, uh, England, Dan, and John Ford Coley. And um, it speaks of 
Jesus, well, it doesn't use Jesus' word, you know, Jesus' name, but uh, I'd just like for you to listen to it. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it to you, but I want you to listen to that and reflect on uh, Jesus' comments that he is the light of the world. And in this song, he tells us, um, you know, when you've lost your way, love one another. When, you know, you're far from home, love one another, etc. And it just keeps repeating, love one another. But it's a very beautiful song, and I would urge you to listen to it. Well, we have finished chapter 8 of John's Gospel, and we'll come back next week, and we'll look at A Man Born Blind, which is the sixth of seven signs that Jesus is who he says he is. We'll also comment a little bit about the unique way we Catholics view suffering, which is different than most of the rest of uh, the Christian world views suffering. We see some redemptive value in that. So um, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, you are the light of the world. We live in darkness. We live in a dark world. Help us as members of the body of Christ, which we have been baptized into, to be uh, beacons of light to the world, to show people the way to you. As we saw in the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, the Jews were supposed to be the light of the world. And, uh, you know, we have been kind of grafted on to that. And so uh, help your light shine through us, through, through, the, through, the, uh, through the darkness. Help us not just to be content to uh, say, well, we're Catholics, so, and we go to Mass, and so we're so prideful because uh, we, we go through these motions and whatnot. Not that the motions are bad, they certainly are, are necessary, um, but help us to uh, connect with you and have a relationship with you as opposed to merely just going, merely going through uh, rituals and, and that sort of thing. Um, help us to recognize you in everything around us. We ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, be with us next time as we come back and look at the redemptive value of suffering. As always, I welcome you to email me your questions and comments at jhcatholicbible at gmail.com. And until next time, I look forward to your joining us again on Catholic Doctrine Bible Study.